everyone, it's Tony and Cheryl. Buckle up for another exciting adventure of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How you doing? I'm good. Lots of news today. Yeah, lots of news, which is good. We like it because then we don't have to uh, babble on endlessly about uh, park topics. I don't know. I'm all set to finish up all our stuff from Disneyland, so I was actually kind of disappointed. Maybe we'll get there. Um, But starting off with yesterday's news, um, so there is a geyser in the parks at uh, the Wilderness Lodge that does blow uh, on a regular basis. Um, But yesterday there was some video released uh, from Hollywood Studios because there was a water main break um, because they're doing construction around the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular uh, in preparation of a new beverage kiosk. And uh, this video showed water spewing out over construction walls onto guests after, uh, as I said, this main line was hit during uh, during construction. So it was pretty funny. And, and to be clear, video was not released by Disney. <laughs> no, no, Disney did not release video. It was a uh, fan video. Yeah. Um, the registration for the annual pass holder preview is now open for Star Wars. That was today, um, for the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in, um, Walt Disney World. That we had talked a little bit about it yesterday. The emails were supposed to be going out to annual pass holders. Um, and they did go out, but a lot of them got to pass holders after the, um, the time frame to book had started, had already opened. So I'm not sure exactly what time it opened. If I had to guess, I'd say maybe 9 a.m. Um, our friend Adam, who we've spoken of before, um, was got, got the email approximately 20 minutes after he had already gone on. He had seen on Twitter that um, it was open, so he had gone on to look at it. From what I have heard, um, there were, uh, what's there, five days that they were able to choose from. Um, when he went on Saturday was pretty well fully booked. No, it was, he said it was fully booked. This was at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, there was nothing left for Saturday. Sunday, there was some availability, but they sort of, um, they packaged, um, the experiences together. So it was, you, if you got into the land, it was also, then you got onto the ride, but some of them were also packaged either with a visit to Olga's and a visit to um, the lightsaber shop or one or the other. Um, so depending upon how early you were on there, um, you might not have been able to get everything. So for Sunday, he was only able to get the um, entry to the land and the ride. So that's what he'll be doing. Um, but if he were willing to go on like Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, there was still availability for, um, for the entire package. I would guess that... By now, this evening, you know, it's yeah, Thursday. Probably it's, all gone. Yeah, it's Thursday evening. It's yeah. probably all gone. But um, but that happened, so that's that's exciting. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, though, if I was an annual pass holder and I missed the email, uh, I'd be pretty upset. Well, if they were listening to our podcast, they wouldn't have missed anything. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, you know, to package uh, the lightsaber uh, building, you know, that's, that's $199 for a lightsaber. So, but there was every combination available. When you started out, like if, if nothing was booked up yet, if everything was available to you and you wanted to do Olga's Cantina and the ride and just get in, right? you could do that. That was a package. You just had to find the right package on there that contained the things that you wanted to do. Right. And how, how long are the blocks? Because I know everybody's... They uh, were four hours. Long. Yeah. So hopefully uh, the line for the ride is not four hours long. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe they learned from the opening um, in California because I think last time with the cantina, you had to go in and, like, make a reservation once you got into the land. Uh, people were, by the time you, if you went and got on the ride right away, then by the time you got out, you couldn't get a spot at Olga's Cantina. So now this way, I think that, you know, maybe they've got it laid out a little better. Right. We'll see. I don't know. It's 14 acres and I don't think it's going to be big, you know, I don't, I don't think there's going to be enough space to accommodate, uh, everybody. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll see. Um, so staying in Florida, uh, there has been an unexpected closure of the primeval whirl in dino land in the animal kingdom. Um, the coaster is now going to be closed through August 3rd. It was first closed on June 17th with no reason. Uh, they said it was going to reopen on July 28th and, uh, that date has now been moved out uh, about a week. Uh, so if you have a fast pass experience, uh, chosen if you're going to be traveling uh, during those dates, you will receive a multiple experience fast pass uh, in the same tier for that uh, for that attraction in lieu of that attraction, I should say. All right. Um, so it's getting closer to the holiday season, and things are starting to show up for that. Um, so our next couple of stories are are very holiday related. Uh, new Tomorrowland and Fantasyland uh, attraction overlays were announced for the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at the Magic Kingdom. Um, for the first time ever, the, some Magic Kingdom attractions are receiving special enhancements for the holidays. Um, at the Tomorrowland Speedway, you'll find yourself cruising a festive freeway filled with thousands of lights and stylized decor, which sounds cute. I love things lit up at night. I don't know. It also sounds kind of like a, I'm, I'm hoping it's kind of a little like trashy, you know, oh, the, the yeah. way the decor is. Right. That would be cute. Um, at the Monsters Incorporated Laugh Floor, there's going to be a new show for people visiting during Vicky, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. And Space Mountain um, is going to have some dazzling lighting and high-energy holiday tunes. This is, it's a little new. It's something they've been doing. Um, you know, they've been doing it in Disneyland for a while with the, the overlay for uh, the Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. the Jack Skellington Nightmare Before Christmas. And they started doing it during Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party where they had the overlays on certain rides. They had plussed them up with some different attractions. But to actually put the decorations in, this is kind of, uh, you know, a little bit new for Disney World. It's something that they've done in Disneyland a couple times. Yeah. And they've even done it in Space Mountain with the Hyperspace Mountain. I love it. And I think maybe they do it more in um, California because you have so many more repeat visitors over and over again that it's nice to change things up a little bit for those annual pass holders that, you know, keep coming back. Um, they probably don't need to typically as much in Disney World, but, you know, I'm excited that they are because it makes it something new to see if you're a person who's, you know, been down there a few times. Right. Um, also, uh, the Mad Tea Party is going to have some, uh, Christmas lights and, and special music. So, um, the Christmas, oh, and they've got a Mickey's, oh no, Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks Show, which is a new, uh, fireworks show that they're going to be debuting. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and then also related to Christmas season, uh, there's going to be new projections, uh, in Hollywood studios. So starting November 8th, uh, gets swept up in the Yuletide spirit, uh, through January 5th as the Hollywood Tower Hotel, uh, comes to holly jolly life with colorful, colorful projections. Uh, this is one of the coolest technologies that, 
uh, Disney has started using in the past few years. I know Universal is using it now too with with Hogwarts. Um, but Disney has been putting projections on the castles, on Main Street, on the Tower of Terror, and it, it really enhances the area. Um, so the uh, show on the Hollywood Tower Hotel is going to have new laser effects with falling snow. There's going to be stories and songs brought to you by Mickey, Minnie, and uh, Olaf. Um, some of the scenes are going to include Minnie and Mickey reminiscing about a hometown Christmas as it shifts into a romanticized Norman Rockwell-inspired town, uh, starting in black and white before changing into color. Another one will have the Toy Story characters guessing which new toys are coming in as Christmas as the scene becomes covered in wrapping paper. Um, the Swedish chef from The Muppets babbling as only he can while the scene turns into a giant gingerbread house. I'd, I'd like to see that one. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, Olaf pining over his holiday wish. As iconic music plays, the scene froses over into a frozen winter wonderland, uh, complete with the dancing Aurora Borealis and projected falling snow. So, you know, just just a little something to change it up a little bit. That's what Disney Imagineers do, and I, I think it's one of the, the cooler things that they can do because it, it doesn't require closing you know, we, we were in Disneyland in April, and they put enhancements in the castle, and the castle was shut down, and we didn't get to see it or take a picture in front of it because it was covered in, you know, scaffolding and uh, construction scrims. Yeah, it's nice if they don't have to shut something down to improve, right? improve it. I do believe, I don't think that's new this year. I think that they did it at least last year. Oh, they did it last year, but some of these, these scenes oh, are Oh, some new. of the scenes are new? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, moving now past the Christmas season, um, what comes next? New Cheryl's Year's Eve. birthday season. Yeah, my birthday. Um, New Year's Eve, um, a whole bunch of parties were uh, released for New Year's Eve at Disney World. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say this one. Um, would you like me to do it? Yeah, you can do this one. You can tell what this one is. Uh, this would be the Feliz Año Nuevo party, uh, a New Year's Eve party at the Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, celebrate New Year's with an elegant party at Toledo. Tapas, steaks, and seafood. The new rooftop restaurant on top of the Grand Destino Tower at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Yeah. So, that one. Um, some of these, there's, there's, I don't know, there's probably six or seven of them. Um, some of, most of them uh, haven't been released to book yet, but should be shortly. Um, how do you say this one? Mezzanote? Mezzanote. 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 At Topolino's, and I should be able to do this. It's Italian. That's right. An Italian masquerade at Disney's Riviera Resort. Um, oh, I think this is this is the one that I was telling you about that was super expensive. So mm -hmm. none of these have prices on them, but I had heard about this one. This was the one that was like five hundred dollars a person that was only open to annual pass holders to start with. Um, so it's it's high end. Um, the next one is the California Grill at the Contemporary Resort. Elegant evening under the stars. So that one I think you can make reservations for already. Um, it includes a champagne toast. Um, also, Countdown to Midnight at the Contemporary Resort. So, I guess two. That's just in the Fantasia Ballroom. Yeah, okay. A little less with exciting. With tasting stations. I think that one sold out last year, though. Most of these events do sell out. It's crazy. Um, as part of... Which one did we just... Oh, as part of the Countdown to Midnight... You can also add on the Ink and Paint Club. You can pre-book this party add-on for the Countdown to Midnight, a New Year's Eve celebration. It's a special reception inspired by the iconic Walt Disney Animation Studios Ink and Paint Department. 
You'll also enjoy a private area throughout the evening and after 11 p.m. an exclusive outdoor private viewing of the Magic Kingdom Park fireworks complete with desserts and a champagne toast. We get another party within a party. Cha-ching, 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 <laughs> cha-ching. Disney finding new revenue streams. Cha-ching, making money hand over fist. Um, this next one, while it sounds very cool, um, is sold out for New Year's Eve and reservations are now only available for December 30th, which seems so much less exciting. Uh, the Pixar party and New Year's Eve celebration, um, located on the second level of Disney's Contemporary Resort, um, two ballrooms have been transformed to immerse you in the imaginative world of Pixar. Meet some of your favorite characters, dance with an interactive DJ, go to boot camp with Sarge and enjoy other fun-filled activities. So that must be a hit. It must be something maybe they did last year and it did so well on New Year's Eve that they're actually offering it the night before also. Right. Coming soon, New Year's Eve on August 30th. <laughs> It'll be just like the Christmas party. But, you know, the funny thing is when Disney had Pleasure, Pleasure Island, they celebrated New Year's Eve every night at midnight. It's true. And I didn't get a present every time. No, you didn't. Mm. You want to do the next one? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, give me the unexciting ones. <laughs> the Disney's Boardwalk will host a countdown to 2020 at the Atlantic Dance Hall. Uh, this is going to be rock and music, tasty treats, and a dash of Disney magic as you count down to midnight. Um, views of the Epcot fireworks, a live DJ, party hats and horns, confetti drop, and a mouth-watering light bite menu. Um, woo, champagne toast at midnight. Reservations opening soon. Um, also in the Boardwalk area, New Year's Eve at the Flying Fish. Um, let's see, multi-course uh, prefix menu by award-winning chef Tim Majoris. Uh, seatings are available. Uh, they have multiple seatings. Um, it features sustainable a sustainable seafood tower and intermezzo is included in the second seating. Booking info will be coming soon. All right. I, I, I don't like the inconsistency of, uh, you know, if they're going to open one event, Open them all. Yeah, put them out all together. <laughs> because what if what if we wanted to do the Pixar uh, New Year's Eve, and then all of a sudden we find out, oh geez, we could have done at the boardwalk, but it's not open, so we can't book it. You know, I yeah. just it's I, just I, nice to be able to say, hey, New Year's yeah. Eve bookings are open. No, that it can't do that. Right. Um, two more. Yeah, the last two were at the Grand Floridian. Uh, the first one, a New Year's Eve celebration um, at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. That's at Narcusis. 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 Um, so there's that one. And then the second one is at Victoria and Albert's. Uh, delight in New Year's Eve festivities. Um, enjoy melodies from a live harpist while dining on exquisite cuisine. Start the evening with a champagne reception and then enjoy... I have no idea what that word is. Some wine with dinner. <laughs> And that one's not available to book yet, but it will be yeah, shortly. Yeah, and that one will be pricey because Victoria and Albert's is the only five-star, triple-A-rated five-star Yeah, I mean, that would be pricey without property. it being New Year's Eve. So. Right. Um, All right, enough with these. Let's get on to something different. Yeah. All right, so as we mentioned yesterday, uh, the first ride vehicles were, uh, artist rendering of the ride's vehicles for the new Spider-Man ride were released. Well, today uh, there was a sneak peek of the Marvel Land uh in California Adventure, and it's the WEB Suppliers Store. Uh, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, Webb was the Worldwide Engineering Brigade, I believe. I think so. Uh, I don't have my notes. Um, 
but it's an industrial looking building which will be set across from the Spider-Man attraction and it will be the designated Spider-Man shop on the Marvel themed Avengers campus. While it's not very exciting, I mean, it's just a shop, it's being able to see the ride vehicles and now being able to see a shop. It's starting to give you a feel for what the land is going to look like. Right, and I think a lot of this, a lot more of this type of information is coming out uh, in preparation for D23, which is the, uh, D23 is Disney's fan club, if you will, and uh, they have a convention every other year, uh, kind of like a Comic-Con type thing, but... It's only Disney, Disney properties, you know, so there'll be theme park news, there'll be resort news, there'll be Marvel and Star Wars movie news. Um, So I already know that they're doing a a large presentation on Epcot. Uh, They'll probably have some presentations on Marvel Land, what the status is, more artists rendering and whatnot, maybe mock-ups of some of the vehicles. Uh, And that's going to happen the third week of August. So there will be a lot of news coming out uh, during during that period. Cool. Um, we mentioned yesterday about the um, advance reservations were going to be coming available at Savi's workshop in um, Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. Um, yesterday, you could only book for that same day, but you were able to do it on the app and online. And now today, you are actually able to do it for 60 days out. So, Which is pretty uh, pretty funny that you can book that 60 days out, but... California has no fast pass. Yeah. Has no fast pass option. If you go to Disney World and you've been there, you know that you can use your My Disney Experience app to book a ride if you're staying on on property 60 days out. Um, Disneyland through their app does not have that. They still have the old school fast pass, paper fast pass program. Uh, They also have the max pass program, which is digital. But now all of a sudden, this is the one thing you can do 60 days out. I mean, you can't even book your dining at 180 days out at Disneyland like you can in Disney World. So it's, it's pretty funny that, uh, that they're doing that. Uh, and then in uh, Christmas news for Disneyland, um, Disneyland, uh, I'm sorry, Disney's California Adventure Park is going to be debuting the World of Color Season of Light, which is going to be a holiday-themed spectacular of lights, lasers, water, fire, and hundreds of fountains bringing animations to life. Uh, they will celebrate... Uh, the seasons, sights, and tastes of Christmas, uh, Navidad, Hanukkah, Diwali, Kwanzaa, and Three Kings Day. Uh, for residents of Cars Land, two attractions rely on holiday magic to transform Luigi's joy to the world. Oh, Luigi's joy to the world. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and Mater's Jingle Jamboree. Now, Mater was a fun ride. Um, world of Color, I don't know. Everybody talks I, about how great it was. Yeah, I don't even, like, there were, we saw that, we saw Fantasmic when we were there, all, you know, was there, and there might have even been a third thing we saw, and it all sort of blended together. We saw the fireworks. fireworks Yeah, it all just sort of blended together for me. There was, because there wasn't, I think I'm used to in Disney World where you had more, like, a designated stadium, so you sort of um, remember sort of where you went. And right. like with World of Color, you're just sort of standing out there, and, and which is the same as it's right by Pixar Pier, and all the fountains and everything like ruin the water because they're all like sticking out of oh, the yeah, water. Oh yeah, it's not very pretty when they're not on. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then at Disneyland Park, uh, across the Esplanade, there the holiday magic shines brightly with the Sleeping Beauty's Winter Castle. Uh, returning in- entertainment includes Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks Spectacular and their Christmas Fantasy Parade. Um, Uh, One-of-a-kind seasonal transformation will once again take place on It's a Small World Holiday and Haunted Mansion Holiday. So that's the uh, uh, overlay we were talking about for the Haunted Mansion. And uh, they do that also for Small World. 
um, which is nice. That's it for news. How much time do we have left? How much time do we have left? Well, we have, uh, well, it's 19 and a half minutes. Oh, we don't have very much time. We, don't uh, we can time. We can bang right through the, um, the dining for Disneyland. So yesterday we talked about the rides in Disneyland. This is not California Adventure, just Disneyland. And so now we're just going to run through sort of the dining that we did when we were in Disneyland. Um, we stayed at Paradise Pier um, in a concierge room. So we had access to the concierge lounge and we took advantage of it. So we ate a lot of our food there. We were full a lot of the time. So we didn't do a ton of dining um, in Disneyland. We had recommended to us a couple of restaurants um, that we made advanced uh, reservations for. Uh, the Blue Bayou and Cafe Orleans and the Minnie Mouse. Oh, at the Plaza Inn. The Minnie Mouse Breakfast at the Plaza Inn. Um, we did Blue Bayou. We did. What did you think? It was very dark. It was dark. Because it's that's the, as we mentioned yesterday, that's inside the Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So... Um, oh, they have like little flashlights on the menus. Yeah, very, very dark, dark place. Tough to see if you're a man in your early fifties with, <laughs> with, you know, uh, bad vision. Um, I don't know. The atmosphere was great. Everybody talked about the Monte Cristo. It was uh, good. Sandwich. The portions were kind of on the smallish side. Like it wasn't, you know, food is expensive um, at Disneyland, and. Sometimes the saving grace is that the portions are big enough that you can kind of share. You know, we have two teenage girls. I'm not a huge eater. Um, So usually we can definitely get by as a family with um, three meals between the four of us, most places that we go. And uh, we kind of couldn't there. Um, It wasn't a ton of food. It was good. What we got was good. Um, But for all the, the, the hype that it gets, I think that was a one and done for me. Um, we also had reservations at the Plaza Inn for breakfast. That was a Minnie Mouse character breakfast. Um, I, that was that was fun. It was different than the character um, meals that we've done um, at Disney World. A lot more time with the characters, but a lot less organized. Oh yeah, there there were probably you know when you go to a buffet at uh, let's just say the Crystal Palace in Disney World, you're gonna see the five characters from Pooh. Right. Right. You're going to see Pooh, Tigger, Piglet, Eeyore, and who's the fifth? That's it. There's only four. Is there? Yeah. Okay. No rabbit? No. Okay. It's just the four. Okay. So it's just those four. Uh, when we were at the Plaza Inn with Minnie Mouse, not only did we meet Minnie Mouse as we were checking in, uh, but there were probably 10 to 12 characters there. I don't know if there's that many, but maybe eight. Penguins from uh, Mary Poppins, Captain Hook, Max. Uh, Chip and Dale, Max, Goofy's son. Right. Um, just characters yeah, you, you wouldn't the Winnie the Pooh was there. See. It was just a complete um, mishmash of, yeah, of was, characters. It's like whatever was available. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the maybe it was me. The character costumes seemed a little less kept together. Winnie the Pooh's head, the back part kept like coming apart. Um, and the, and the food was good, but it was organized differently. It's more cafeteria style. So the, um, servers do not bring you your drinks. They don't, they kind of come by and clear your plates, right, but you kind of had to really work for it. Um, and, and you know, I, I think that they, because you mentioned earlier that Disneyland relies on a lot of repeat guests. We were brought in to the buffet. We had never been there before. And I think a, there were a lot of assumptions that people just kind of knew where things were. Yeah. Like the, the, the description that we were given by the 
or cedar. I don't even know what you want to call them. Hostess, they're not a waiter. Yeah. Hostess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't that detailed. Like, where where is syrup? You know, we, right. we wanted to get Mickey waffles, but we couldn't find the syrup. And right. this syrup was couldn't completely find the off in this other spot, and there was yeah. no silverware on the table. Um, and, and I think the thing that really uh, set Cheryl off on that meal was that we did take a picture with Minnie on the way in. Because, yeah, and it's the Minnie Mouse meal. I mean, that's what it is. It's the it's a character breakfast with Minnie Mouse. Right, and you're, you're already paying for the, you know, experience of a character meal. And uh, we took a picture with her. And, you know, you're not. this is one time where you're not allowed to use your own camera. We, we were ushered in. A Disney uh, photo pass photographer took our picture. And then midway through the meal, they came by with the picture, like, you know, and presented it to us. Like, oh, here's your picture with Minnie. You know, it's, I don't know, $16? No, like more, I think it was more like 35 or something oh, okay. like that. I mean, it, it, it didn't matter. Honestly, if it was $5, I wouldn't have bought it. I was... Um, I wasn't happy. I mean, we've had that at um, like Cinderella's Royal Table, but the photo is included in the price. So if you're going to call it a Minnie Mouse breakfast, you're going to have Minnie Mouse stand out there. You're not going to let me use my own camera. Then my picture with Minnie Mouse should be included. I didn't pay, you know, 35 or $40 a person, whatever it was, for a breakfast with Minnie Mouse to have to pay more to get the picture with her. That didn't seem right to me. Um, but we did still enjoy the breakfast. It was, it was very nice. Um, the, our last reservation that we had, uh, was at Cafe Orleans, which we ended up canceling because after the two sit down meals that we had, um, they, we, it didn't compare to Disney World. Disney World's sit down dining is just, it's just better. So, um. So that was it for sit-down dining, and we had no sit-down dining reserved in California Adventure. And I should say that's our opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, some people love it. Like, we got we got recommended Blue Bayou over and over again. Um, and it's not that we didn't like it. It's just... It was a different experience. It wasn't where... Yeah, it wasn't... On a vacation, it wasn't where I would have liked to have spent my money. Um, some of the other places we we dined at, um, quick service, we did the Bengal barbecue. We got that... Um, kind of took it off... To go, we have no choice. There's a couple of tables there, but um, I think that was right before Fantasmic. Mm-hmm. We sat down with that and, and ate that. Um, the food was good. Um, the portions, again, were small. It was like it was a skewer, but there wasn't very much meat on the skewers. So you really do have to order quite a bit of food to be full, um, which is fine. We had a few items from the Jolly Holiday Bakery. And we purchased a Mary Poppins spoon for someone special. That's right. Um that was good. We had the macaron, macaron. I say it wrong. I always said macaroon, and I was just informed that it's macaron if it's the French version. You so know we, what they should call it while you're there? What? The micaron. Oh, that would be cute. Um, we had that. We had a couple of other little things. Everything was very good there, and the seating is real cute. You can people watch while you sit out there. Um, Tiki Juice Bar is right out in front of... Um, Tiki room. Thank you. The Tiki room. And we had mentioned uh, last night that we like the way that that's set up because it was right there. You could get that and then go into the Tiki room. So that was great. Um, that was that was kind of all the dining that we did in the Disneyland portion. Yep. So I think great. we used so up all our time. We did. We went 26 minutes. Uh, that wraps things up, though. So until next time, this is Cheryl and Tony on the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Bye.